Hello, hello. You are listening to the On My Own Terms podcast, and I am your host, Brittany Pope. Thank you so much for listening. So today is Sunday, December 17th, and I feel like freestyling a podcast about this show, She's Gotta Have It, on Netflix. Yes, I know it's a movie, um, which I haven't seen, but I did watch the show on Netflix, and I'm kind of obsessed, like so obsessed that I really want to have a conversation about it. So I am going to. Um, so let's talk about Nola Darling. I'm just going to jump straight into it. If you haven't watched it, before I go any further, I really think that you should um, either go watch it or if you're planning on watching it, stop listening to this podcast until you've watched it because it will likely have some spoilers. So just just a preface, just a disclaimer. Stop listening if you haven't watched this show yet and you think you want to. All right. Now, back to what I was saying. <laughs> Let's talk about Nola Darling. So the actress that um, plays her, her name is Dewanda Wise. And all I can say is like, why on earth is she so gorgeous. Like it really stresses me out how pretty she is. She's so pretty. She has like the best style. Um, and in my, in my head, like we're now best friends or at least I'm friends with her character on the show. Like, I'm like, I need a Nola darling in my life as a friend. Where can I find one? (laughs) Okay. So Dewanda, if somehow you hear this podcast, email me and let's be friends, please. Okay. So anyways, I love that. (laughs) I love how unapologetic she is in this show. I love that she is super honest and transparent about being a struggling creative because I feel like so many creatives can relate to that struggle, right? Like wanting people to see value in the work that you're making or creating, wanting to be able to be self-sufficient slash wanting to just have fun and experience life with a sense of freedom. You know, sometimes I, I wonder what people would be doing if they didn't have that like dark cloud of of self-sufficiency hanging over their head or the idea that doing something that they love or are passionate about can't pay their bills. Like, I wonder what our world would be like. I feel like it would be hella dope, but, you know, people would probably argue with that, but whatever. I think it would be great because when people really walk in their purpose, it's the things that they're able to do and create It's just, I mean, I would say that saying it's amazing is a complete and total understatement. If you don't know someone who is walking fully in their purpose and doing exactly what they were put on this earth to do and designed to do, and that doesn't just mean like creatively. I mean, there are people, there are teachers who were designed to be teachers and are stellar teachers. There are pilots who are stellar pilots. I mean, you have people that across all industries, across all fields who walk in their purpose 
and are phenomenal. And that's what I enjoyed most about this show is seeing Nola Darling walking in her purpose and kind of designing her life around her purpose. I feel like if I could rewind my life back, um, I would say to like 20. So uh, seven years or no, eight, because I just, I'm 28 now. (laughs) Crazy. So if I could rewind my life back to eight years ago when I'm 20 years old, that is what I would have taught myself to do. Like if I could write like a few tips to 20 year old Brittany, it would be to do your damnedest to design your life around your purpose, or at least the thing that you enjoy the most or the things that you enjoy the most. Because sometimes when you're young, you're not hundred percent clear on what your focus is or what your purpose is, but that's another podcast. Anyways, Nola does a really great job of designing her life around her purpose. And, you know, there's other elements to this show. Like there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of sex. There's a lot of uh, relationships. There's a lot of owning who you are and what you are and how you show up in the world. There's a lot of it, but I think my biggest takeaway from it. And I think what I enjoyed the most about the show was literally seeing Nola be like, this is who I am this is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is how I see myself. This is how I show up in the world. If I have to define myself, this is what I would define myself as. And if you can't get in line with it, then you can go. (laughs) I was just all about her owning it. You know, I feel like now we don't see a lot of people owning their shit and she owned all of her shit, the good, the bad, the ugly, she owned it. And it really resonated with me. I think that's another thing that I really enjoyed about it was seeing her kind of grow. I I can't remember how many episodes. I feel like there were like 10 episodes in the season. I hope they're coming back for a season two please let there be a season two because I think it'd be really fun to see what happens next. But, you know, you see so much of her character develop over these 10 episodes based on different experiences that she has. And I feel like that's another layer that we don't really discuss, especially when you're in your 20s, which I find to be the most formative years of your life, of one's life is the 20s, because literally Everything that we're doing every moment is shaping who we are and how we see the world and our outlooks and our perspectives. And I know that that can be said for any age or any time in our lives, but I feel like in the 20s, that's when we're our most flexible. That's when we're, yes, today, we're no tomorrow, we're maybe the next day. And what I love about it is that she's not really giving herself an ultimatum to choose one thing or the other. She's saying, hey, this is how I see myself and define myself in this moment. But I'm also giving myself the space to change and the space to be different and have a different opinion and see things differently. And this is just who I am. And this this is where I am. And I feel like as a young black woman, we need to see more of that. Because I think sometimes, I I can't speak for all black women, obviously. So, uh, you know, I'm only speaking from my personal experience. But I feel like 
a lot of who I am, I've had to kind of change because I grew up forming myself to what I thought people needed me to be. And now as an adult, I can see just how much of a disservice I was doing myself by doing that and feeling the pressure to change myself to fit society's definition of what makes me an acceptable black woman. And that was yet another layer to Nola Darling that I loved. It was like, she has her natural hair and it's, it's beautiful and, and she styled it beautifully and she's mixing prints and she's bold and just out loud and in your face. And I don't feel like I'm enough of that. Or at least I wasn't enough of that coming up. You know, I, I wanted to not stand out. Basically, I just wanted to camouflage myself into scenarios because I don't necessarily feel comfortable with the idea that people are paying attention to me, (laughs) which I know kind of sounds contradictory because here I am making a podcast. I have stuff online. Like, obviously, I'm wanting people in, in some way to know that I exist and to consume content that I create gladly and happily and eagerly. Like I want people to feel that way, but there's still this feeling like if I'm walking into a room full of people, like I don't want to be noticed. I do want to be, it's weird. Like I do want to be noticed, but I want it to be super subtle. Like I want people to be like, damn, her outfit is on point. She looks beautiful. She's radiating joy. She's glowing. She is in alignment. Like That's what I want people to see when they look at me is like that I'm in alignment. That is what a lot of my work is when it comes to self-development and personal development is, is just working to be in alignment, working to walk in the fullness of who I am and what I am and who I want to be. And I feel like with Nola, you get to see her coming more into her own over the course of each episode. And another really interesting part of the show is that she has three lovers and she is not exclusive with any one of them. She is really open like she's seeing other people. I mean, she's seeing you and when she's with you, she's with you. But when she's not with you, she's doing either her own thing or she's spending time with someone else. And it was interesting to see that dynamic play out because that's not... And I don't even think this has anything to do with race. I think this has to do with like the dichotomy between double standards and and gender and gender roles, right? Like (laughs) men can do that and it's fine. But the second a woman does it, it's problematic. It's questioning her integrity. It's questioning her worthiness as a woman. It's questioning her deserving of love and being someone's wife one day or long-term partner. But again... That's a topic for a, another podcast. Anyways, so you you get to see how these three relationships affect who Nola is as a person as she is continuing to get to know herself within this kind of, uh, I don't even know like what you would call it because it's, it's definitely not a triangle because four people are involved. So I guess it's like a love square. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's really fun. And it. I love the chemistry that 
she has, like DeWanda Wise has with all the guys and gals. Yeah. So there's, yeah. Let me, hold up. Let me rewind it back because it's not just three men. There's also a, another woman. So, um, <laughs> I don't even know what you would call a shape with like five points. So I'm like a polygon. Like <laughs> she's a star. <laughs> she's got a lot happening and it really pulls you in because you just get to see like she is a woman a multifaceted woman. And I could go on and on about this particular point, but that's just one of the things that I want to touch on. Another aspect of the show that I love is that you get to see her friends and who are also black women and you get to see them in their respective careers doing what they feel is best for themselves. Like one friend, she feels insecure about her body. And so she goes and gets, um, butt implants (laughs) and I won't give it away what happens, but she gets butt implants. And then another friend of hers, she owns an art gallery or she started an art gallery or something like that. And, um, to try and help Nola, she kind of betrays her because she is pushing her own way onto Nola and Nola gets really upset about that. So it's interesting to see how they overcome that. Um, It's interesting to see the relationship that Nola has with her parents who are two artists or creative people and they really encourage her and her art and encourage her in her art. And, you know, that's another thing that makes me think about how many young creatives or even older creatives, just creatives in general, who never had that support from their parents because their parents either weren't creative or were of the thinking that being creative is not something that you can build sustainability off of. Like there's no longevity in art. Like, yeah, there are artists who are successful, but they're 1%. Like you are not likely going to be in that crowd. So I want you to go to college and major in biology, basically, you know? So it's, it's, it's interesting to see her be encouraged by her parents. And in, in fact, I find it really refreshing. I think it's great when parents can get behind their children, even if their children have different views of the world than them. But I also think it's really helpful when they can appreciate and and understand where their child is coming from because they are like that themselves. You know, there's there's this idea of like being a starving artist. And and I feel like it's a bit romanticized now, you know, this idea like you're struggling to make ends meet and all this and that. But I mean, nobody wants to feel like that. I think most people would choose financial security and being comfortable over struggling just to have a sense of, of freedom to create and to to not have this authority breathing down your neck and creating constraints and parameters around what you can and can't create. But what I like, too, is that they show all the other little side hustles that she does to make it work. Like, mid-season, 
she ends up getting a job to help pay her way. And she walks dogs and she would sell art. And um, she she just came up with all these like really interesting ways to try to make money. And that's super relatable. I mean, she was literally hustling her ass off so that she could just maintain. And it, it, I don't know, it just really struck a chord with me to see it in that way. And I'm glad that as Spike Lee and the other people that he collaborated with on making this show, I'm glad that they showed that because the thing too is that she lives in like a badass place, which, and alone too, like which in New York, in Brooklyn, yeah, you got to be making some money to do that. Like it's, it's difficult. Okay. And you know, you come to find out that the owner of the building is a friend of her parents, but you know, she's cutting her a deal on the rent, but essentially even with that deal being cut, like she is really struggling. And so you get to see her grow within that struggle. And I feel like that's another thing that resonates for me is, is seeing myself in that struggle of just trying to maintain and trying to make ends meet while also staying true to myself, you know? And that's, again, it's cool. Um, I'm trying to, like, there's just so many thoughts that I have. And as I'm talking about it, I now feel like I should have done, like, an episode-by-episode recap, which I guess it's not too late to do. I could totally still do that. So I might. I I think I might do that. Um, But I'm just trying to, I guess, give, like, an overview of why I think this show is really worth watching. Um, Let's see. I like that it gives a platform and a voice to marginalized groups of people. And it talks, it not, I guess it doesn't necessarily talk about, but it tells stories about how our experiences change us. I want to say like maybe the first or second episode in, a man is trying to hit on Nola and she is completely rebuffing his advances And he gets pissed off and grabs her and she ends up having these marks on her wrists from being grabbed so hard. And you see her harden, like you see her character harden and change how she creates because she has to find a way to deal with the pain that she's felt behind this scenario, this this situation that happened to her. And then, okay, so now I can finally say that I'm at my favorite part of the show is the fact that she is encouraged after this incident of of being accosted by a man, she's encouraged by her friends to go see a therapist. I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to see people talking out loud about black women getting therapy and it be a positive thing. You know, like for me, a person, a black woman who helped normalize the idea of black women getting therapy is my leak teal. She's always been super honest and super open about the fact that she goes to therapy. And so I finally, it's been a year now since I've been seeing my therapist and it just made a huge 
difference in my life. And I love that you get to see Nola in sessions with her therapist because what it does is it really removes that veil that black women don't seek therapy. I feel like in the black community, or at least, you know, what I've experienced, talking about your problems to someone outside of your immediate family or friend group is seen as a problem. It's it's not welcomed. It's not seen in a positive light. It's seen as oh, you're crazy then if you need to go see a therapist, like you're really bugging out. But it's like, no, I just really care about my mind. And I feel like if you care about your body, you work out. If you care about, you know, your internal health, you watch what you eat. If you care about your heart, you watch what you allow in it, right? So if you care about your mind and your mental health, it makes sense to do things and to see people that help promote wellness, like mental wellness, mental health, you know? So I loved that about the show too. And, you know, I I could go on and on and on about it, but since I think I'm going to do like an episode by episode recap, I will probably save a lot of what I have to say for the context of the show. So anyways, I hope that um, this has encouraged you to some degree to go and watch the show. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to change your life or anything like that, but it was a really fun and refreshing and entertaining show to watch. If for no other reason to watch a beautiful woman experience these shenanigans and grow from it and learn from it and become better because of them. So anyways, this is on my own terms and me enjoying She's got to have it on Netflix. So thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts that you'd like to share about this show or anything, really, feel free to email me at brittanypope at gmail.com.